Previously on Return Home. My name is Jonathan Barker. After five years away, I returned to my hometown of Melancholy Falls after receiving a mysterious phone call. Home, Jonathan. Return home. Along with my best friends, Buddy and Amy, we found that larger forces were at play. In addition to being the chosen one and all sorts of strangeness happening, I found that my mother was missing and my father did not remember me. Which is why we took your mother. Along with the reappearance of my ex-wife, Miranda, a new threat appeared. The Never Was, an impossible Johnny. creature whose very existence threatens the fabric of reality, was set loose upon our world. The Never Was Johnny. came through a tear, which caused other doorways to other worlds to open as well. Just in case someone gets lost in the multiverse and they aren't so sure where they are, they can check here and see. We don't know what comes next, Johnny. but I do know we are in Johnny. this together. Seriously, we just became an episode of Scooby-Doo. It is now time. It is now time to shut the hell up. Jesus, I am trying to sleep. What? Uh, oh, uh, sorry. I, I didn't mean to- Just shut up already. I've heard this story thousands of times. Let me just get a few minutes of rest for once. I opened my eyes and saw the first vestiges of the sun poking in through the window. I hadn't even realized I was talking in my sleep. I went to sit up on the couch when I realized I actually wasn't on the couch. I was laying on my bed, an uncomfortable, poorly cared for bed, but my bed nonetheless. I looked around the living room, but realized I wasn't there either. In fact, the room I was in was bare, four white walls, two beds, with the other one occupied by Buddy. It took a few minutes for me to shake off the dream I was awakened from and remember where I was. I was in my room, the room I had shared with Buddy for the past year. But this Buddy, and the one in my dream I was just having, were very different. However, they both felt very real. Ugh, thanks a lot, jerk. Looks like another night of not sleeping because of you mumbling in your sleep. I I'm sorry, buddy. I, I didn't realize I was having that dream again. And stop calling me that. How many times do I have to tell you? I'm not your buddy. I'm Ben. Get it through your head. Now, hurry up. We're gonna miss breakfast again. Buddy, or Ben, got out of his bed and put on a pair of slippers that were at the edge of his bed. I looked down at the edge of mine and noticed my own pair waiting for me. I hopped out of bed and put them on my feet. Before joining Ben at the door, I saw we were both wearing the same light gray uniform. I went to push the door open, but Ben stopped me. Whoa, hey, what are you doing? You know that's not gonna open for you. Huh? They'll be around in a minute to unlock it. Hold your horses, dude. Jeez, you're so impatient. Oh, right, sorry, buddy. Uh, I mean, Ben. <sighs> I can't believe I have to share my room with you. For some strange reason I couldn't shake, I had the strangest feeling that I didn't belong there. However, I was sure that was just the last vestiges of my dream. The same dream I've had many times over the past year. Come on, come on. Where is she? I'm starving. I don't think I belong here. Ha. Huh. Trust me, dude. That's what they all say. Before I had a chance to say anything further, a woman appeared in the window of our door and unlocked it. Rise and shine, boys. Glad to see you're ready to go for once. So, what did Joni make for breakfast today, Nurse Nemosin? French toast. It's Thursday. She always makes that on Thursday, Ben. Yes, my favorite. Ben wasted no time getting out the door and down the hall. I can only stare at the nurse standing before me. If you insist on gawking, you're going to miss breakfast again, Mr. Barker. Sorry, Nurse Nemosin. Now come along. Time for breakfast. And don't forget to wait for me at the end of the hall first. Nurse Nemosin waved me out of the room and locked the door behind me. She pointed down the hall, the same direction that Ben headed, and then she went to unlock the next door. 
I looked toward her for another moment before my eyes slowly drifted down to the door at the end of the hall. It was considered one of those off-limit rooms, one where the occupant was confined within its walls for the duration of their stay. I often wondered what a person had to go through in order to get themselves into that situation, and I felt a sting of pity for them, whomever they were. My ears pricked up as I heard a wailing coming from within, and a sense of loneliness washed over me. The noise called out to me, and it almost seemed familiar in some way. I was about to head down toward it, as if, through some power of empathy, the person inside would feel my sympathy. However, more patients were coming my direction and getting in line for breakfast. I got in line with everyone else, and it didn't take long before Nurse Nemosin came back, Polaroid camera in hand. You know the drill, Mr. Barker. Up against the wall for your daily photo. I stood against the blank wall and looked at her. In the moments before she took the photo, I caught a quick glimpse of her camera. It looked old and definitely well used, but not a brand I recognized. The logo looked like someone glued a rock to the side of the camera and carved a trident-like sigil on it. Before I could look closer, the camera flashed and the photo came out of the bottom of it. I went to grab it, but Nurse Nemosin quickly snatched it before I could see it, shaking it back and forth to help it develop. Uh-uh, you know the rules. No touching. Wouldn't digital photos be easier these days? I can't imagine how big our files get with all these Polaroids. I don't make the rules, Mr. Barker. I just follow them. Now hurry along. She pointed to the sign leading the way to the cafeteria, and I followed it. As I entered, it was bustling with activity. I was handed a tray full of food and set loose into the seating area. I saw Ben sitting down at the far end by himself, already eating, and decided to join him. Oh god, I have to deal with you out here too? Why are you here? This is my usual seat, isn't it? Why are you here? It's the cafeteria. It's breakfast. You're very literal today, and I kind of hate it. Yeah, well, you tried dealing with you for the past 427 days. Pardon me for no longer caring. Is someone grumpy again today? Sitting down next to Ben was D.W. Washburn, his boyfriend. He was also wearing the same outfit we were, but part of my brain tugged at me and remembered him also being a lot more stylish. He didn't seem to care either way, though, because he began piling food into his mouth. I'm only grumpy when I don't get any sleep. Which is every day. Thanks to this guy. DW? No, friend. It's Davey. Remember? And that's Ben. And you're Jonathan. Forget it. I tried it already. He's in one of those moods again today. Having another one of his episodes again, huh? They're happening more and more often. Man, can't they do something with this guy already? Make way, losers. I'm coming in. A girl joined us and sat down next to me. It was Amy, of course, and she had been in here just as long as I had. And yet, I also remembered her outside of this place. At least, I think I did. But that's a little crazy because I didn't even know her before I came here. Scooch over, will ya? Amy? Having one of his bad days again? The day ends in Y, so yes. What's the story this time? Not sure yet, but nothing will ever beat the incident with the insurance agency, that's for sure. Yeah, just a lot of questions today. I I'm sorry, guys. I'm just having a hard time today telling what's real and what isn't. Yeah, well, let me give you some advice that I'm sure your therapist will take months to get to. You're crazy. Why else would you be here? Well, you know how he is when he gets like this. It works out well for us. Why is that? Because he doesn't eat. DW, or Davy, rather, stuck one of my French toast slices with his fork and shoved it into his mouth. Don't let the head nurse see you. You got in trouble for that the last time. Too late for that. I turned around to see head nurse Zane standing over us, looking none too pleased. Oh, man. He was just sharing with us. Weren't you, Johnny? Yeah, he said I could have it. You lot know the rules. Stick to your own plate. 
Now, what do you say? Sorry, Johnny. Yeah, sorry. It's okay, really. They didn't mean anything by it. I I did say it was okay. No matter. I'm going to let it slide this time, but only because the doctor wants to see you, Mr. Barker. Please follow me. Already? It's early. Uh Uh-oh. Someone's in trouble. No one is in trouble, Mr. Nutters. Calm down. Now let's get a move on it. I got up from the table, and Head Nurse Zane followed close behind as he directed me down another hallway. We walked in relative silence, except for his whistling. That's an interesting song choice. You know, I'm pretty sure I had a dream about that song once. Considering it's one of three records we have in the rec room, that's not really a surprise, is it? Why does the doctor want to see me? Is something wrong? That's above my pay grade. My job is just to care for you guys, not give you answers to your deep philosophical questions. We came upon a door, and Hedner Sanguine knocked. Dr. Von Stupper? Here is Mr. Barker, like you asked. Ah, thank you, Nurse Sanguine. You may leave him here. Do you want me to wait? Uh, nine, nine. We'll be fine. Won't we, Jonathan? Yes. Okay. Call me if you need anything. Head Nurse Sanguine left us alone, and the doctor motioned for me to come in, before he closed the door behind me. Please, please, have a seat. How did you sleep? How, how are you feeling today? Uh, fine, I, I guess. I had a dream again last night. Oh, you did? Uh, Tell me about it. What do you want me to tell you? Well, why not start from the beginning? Well, I I don't even know what the beginning is anymore. But this morning, I woke my roommate up because I was talking in my sleep. Mm -hmm. Mm Mm-hmm. And how does this make you feel? I don't know, but, like, I know where I am right now. I know this is real. But I can't help but feel like I remember something else, too. Like, a whole other life. And I can't help but feel like I don't belong here. And where do you belong? I belong at home. And where is home? Well, technically with my parents, I guess, but for the last year or so, it's been Buddy's place. Ah, yes. Mr. Nutters. Uh, Ben, your roommate. Yeah, that's his real name, but everyone calls him Buddy. Hmm, do they now? And and what else? What would you be doing if you were at home? And by home, I mean this other life. Other memories? I don't know, probably figuring out whatever that day's craziness would have been. Meaning? I don't know how to put this without sounding crazy. <laughs> no one is crazy here, Jonathan. So go on, tell me. Well, I remember being destined for greater things. I remember being the chosen one. Chosen one for what? To fight the coming darkness. You know, Billeth. But that's like, long-term goals. In the meantime, there are all sorts of other threats, like Jersey Devil, or Labyrinthian Mauls, or even those little Bajou guys. I remember all that. Fighting all that. But, on the other hand, that's not what life is here, is it? It it didn't really happen. Because that's crazy, and, and none of that makes sense. And in these other memories, you're the only one who can stop them, yes? Yes. Well, no. Buddy and Amy helped too. And now Miranda, too, I guess. But everything here is all wrong. What do you mean? I, I feel like I'm being torn in two. Like there are two distinct and separate sets of memories in me. I remember being here, in the hospital. And I remember every single day I've been here. 
I remember Ben and Davy and Amy being here too, but why am I in this hospital? And why are Buddy and Amy here too? And Zane, he's not the head nurse, he's the head of the Society of Shadows. And DW, he's really the devil, but he's good now, and you wouldn't believe the type of stuff that we really had- Okay, okay, take it easy, take a breath. Breathe in, breathe out. Good, good. Now, let's circle back to something you just said. Where are you right now, Jonathan? In the hospital. What hospital? The Melancholy Falls Psychiatric Institute. And why are you here? I... I don't know. Jonathan, listen to me. Think. Why are you here? I honestly don't know. I don't know what's going on. Why is this happening? Why am I remembering things so differently? What's the last thing you remember clearly? Honestly? I, uh, I remember Big Red Eye, and the Raggedy Man. The song? N no, no, the person, or monster. But that's not true, is it? Because you remember the song. Mr. Sanderson does love to play that over and over again in the rec room, no? Let's go back further. Do you know how you wound up here, specifically? Yes, but n no? Do you remember coming back to Melancholy Falls? To New Jersey? Uh, yeah. How? It was the phone calls. They kept calling and calling me, and then I couldn't get a hold of my parents, and the voices kept telling me to come back home. So I got in my car, and I drove, and I drove, and I drove, and when I got here, and something hit my car, and I'm pretty sure it was a Jersey Devil, but I don't it really- It was a telephone pole, Jonathan. Remember, we discussed this. You lost control of your vehicle, you swerved, you hit a pole, you were lucky to be alive. Yeah, that's it. I, I remember that. I, I remember being upset and, and losing control of the car and then... Uh, no. That's, that's not right, because there are these other memories, too. Yes, yes, it's right. You were brought to the hospital, and you were ranting and raving. Dr. Marsh did everything he could to help you. Yeah, but that doesn't explain everything else. Breathe, Jonathan, breathe. We don't want you to get too excited. Listen to the words I am saying to you instead. Yeah, but doctor... Listen to me. The phone calls, the voices, were all a fabrication. The start of a manic episode. The chosen one business, the fighting of the monsters. It is a carefully constructed story. One to help repress the memories which you do not wish to remember. Your mind is trying to convince you that they are the true memories, splitting it in two. That is why you remember both things so clearly. It is a delusion you created to help protect yourself. You're here, though. You're safe. You don't have to worry about any of those things. What things? Talisman, the adventures, the returning home, all of that nonsense. What are you saying? What I am saying is this. Everything that has happened to you in the last year, everything you claim to remember, None of it happened, Jonathan. It wasn't real. And it's time you come to terms with that. Return home 
Episode 32, A Little Crazy. You just listened to part one of four. It was written and produced by Jeff Heimbuck. It featured the vocal talents of Forrest Orta, Alyssa Retorno, Clarence Leonard, Cleve Nettles, BJ Grip, Paulina Logan, Taylor Thorne, and Jeff Heimbuck. The original musical score was by Corey Celeste. Want to find us on social media, buy return home merchandise, or support us on Patreon? You can find links for each in the show notes or on our website at returnhomepodcast.com. Questions? Comments? Have your own set of false memories? Send us an email at returnhomepodcast at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you. Until next time, pleasant dreams.